1: Welcome to a new episode of the Land Grant Podcast Network's Recruiting Centric Podcast the dotted line. My name is Matt Timmney. On this podcast, we talk to Ohio State and national recruiting experts, our own Land Grant recruiting analysts, and sometimes even recruits themselves. On today's episode, I am so happy to be able to talk about something fun with Land Grant's recruiting columnist and high school football coach in the state of North, Caleb Hauser. I know this is dead week for you, Caleb, but how ready are you to defend your Michigan State title coming up here in uh, less than a week when the when practices start?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a really, really good summer. It's one of those, I think for me, it's one of those things where it's every summer gets a little bit faster and I think the kids would probably agree. Um, summer just tends to fly by. But we've had a really good we've had a really good couple of months, you know, working out every day that we can and then, you know, seven on seven and camp and stuff and all of those things are really, really fun. But you know, you can only hit and go against your guys for so long before you kinda itch to, you know, finally go against somebody else. So we're we're ready to go. August twenty fourth is our is our first game and um yeah, we, we take on a team that went to the state semifinals last year. That was our week one last year as well. So this year ends a two-year home-and-a-home contract with uh, Edwardsburg Eddies uh, down in southern Michigan. So um, we'll see how we do. I'm looking forward to it, but it's it's, it's good news that the season's coming, and uh, honestly, for me, it's even better news that the Buckeyes are kind of rolling right now.
1: Yeah, and that is why we are jumping on to talk recruiting today. We are just a couple days away from when Ohio State will actually start their fall football camp, but they got some really good news to head in not only to the dead period, For uh, for the month of August in terms of recruiting, but also into what officially starts the 2023 season as Springfield, Ohio native Aaron Scott, who is the number 52 player in the country, according to 24 seven sports composite rankings, the number five cornerback and the number two player in Ohio committed to Ohio State in fairly dramatic fashion, which I want to talk about, Caleb. But before we get into that, let's talk about who Aaron Scott is to this Ohio State class in the rivalry with Michigan and what he's like on the field. Let's start with what he means to this class because as we talk about in our Slack channel for Land Grant like vibes were bad for this recruiting class and if Aaron Scott would have gone to Michigan, I feel like Ohio State fans and some of our staff themselves would have been rightfully pretty upset and pretty concerned at the direction that Ohio State's football recruiting is going, despite the fact that they still would have had the number two class in the country.
2: Yeah, I think you touched on it. I mean, like, you know, woe is me, Ohio State, if they lose out of this commitment, still has a second-rate class in the country, which, I mean, I guess it's, you know, one of those things for Ohio State fans that, you know, we're always looking to go to the top tier. We're always looking to go to the top tier while other fans, and I'm not trying to bash other fan bases, if you will, but, you know, they might be like, you're complaining about that. Um, but you know, this is kind of life in the big city for Ohio state. You're expected to win at all you do. And you're expected to pull the best kids, you know, nationally that you're recruiting. And realistically, you're expected obviously to to keep your best players that are home in Ohio, you know, in state. So this is everything. This is kind of, for me, the missing piece, if you will, um, to this 2024 recruiting class. And the fact that, like you said, um, you know, it was a, a Michigan Ohio state battle that really, really, it makes it that much sweeter. It's kind of the cherry on top, you know, that the Michigan, goes after Bryce West, strikes out, and then goes after Aaron Scott even harder than they went after Bryce West. And, you know, they go 0-2, which music to my ears, music to Ohio State fans' ears as well. But um, you touch on it. You know, this is huge for the defensive side of the ball for the recruiting class. I mean, offense, I mean, everybody that follows recruiting knows Ohio State's offense is just continuing to bring in elite player after elite player. And, and that's why they look that way on the field every year. I mean, Ryan Day, Brian Hartline, and the rest of the crew, they've got a great thing going on offense. But it's really been... As we know, you know, the defensive side of the ball, that's, if anything, held them back for a lack of better term. So, um, you know, 100%. seeing these guys, seeing these guys, you know, commit to Ohio State um, that are in player, they're in state players, if you will. I mean, again, you're kind of expected to get them, but you also can't take it for granted. I mean, Aaron Scott said on a podcast with Burn, um from, you know, rivals that he was he was thinking I'm going to Michigan. And it was until that last official visit with Ohio State that he was fully planning on saying, you know what, I'm committing to Michigan Um, You know, whether people really bought into that and him embracing the villain type thing or not, you know, he was he was kind of slated to go there. He really liked it there. And and we know the history with Aaron Scott. He grew up in Oregon fan. And I think everybody um, that, you know, is obsessed with Nike uniforms and that kind of thing. Oregon kind of, you know, is at the top of the list. But when you're Mm -hmm. an Ohio kid, it it comes down to those two schools in proximity. Um, You know, it's just a huge gift for Ohio State. I can't I can't you know say it enough how big this is. And, you know, to be able to, like I said, you know, land both Bryce West and you know uh aaron scott for these you know for this for this cycle is, is huge and you know when you look into next cycle with dorian um you know at, at northmont high school out of dayton ohio that you know that's another one they're gonna have to get in 2025 and notre dame will be you know kind of right there as well too but focusing on aaron again like you said um just a huge get and definitely what the defensive staff needed as they try to go after the rest of the guys that are on their on their target list
1: yeah you mentioned bryce west a couple times he is According to the 24-7 sports composite rankings, just 24-7 sports ratings themselves, not taking in all the others, has Scott rated as the number one player. Composite rankings have Bryce as the number one player in Ohio. But both both of them cornerbacks from Ohio that Michigan tried to land and struck out on with both of them, which is awesome. But, you know, you talk about the fact that the last few years, Brian Hartline has really done most of the heavy lifting when it comes to recruiting. There has been... Obviously, really good classes with defensive players. Uh, Larry Johnson getting Jack Sawyer and J.T. Tui out in the same class was huge because those were two of the highest rated recruits in Ohio State history. But overall, it has been dominated by quarterbacks and wide receivers. Right now, the top two players in Ohio State's class are both wide receivers. They're both five-star guys, Jeremiah Smith and Mylon Graham. But the next two, according to 24-7's rankings, are Justin Scott, who is a five-star defensive lineman from Chicago, and then Aaron Scott, who we're talking about here, number 21 and 34 nationally going just by 24-7's own rankings. Then you throw in the quarterback again at 39 with Aaron Nolan and running back with James Peoples. But I think, if I'm knocking on wood here, this could be the beginning of a rush of really impressive and really important defensive commitments. I want to get back to, like, the Aaron Scott side of this too. But talk a little bit about what momentum means for a recruiting class. Obviously, each individual player has their own journey and their own decision to make. But Aaron Scott talked about the fact that one of the things that swayed him was when when he was on his visit on June 23rd to Columbus, one of the things that really reminded him how special Ohio State was To him, and just as a program, was seeing Bryce West commit, was seeing Miles Lockhart commit. Like Those were things that made him remember why he wanted to be a Buckeye. And that momentum, even if it's not the personal things of seeing them commit in person, might end up helping some of the guys that Ohio State has an eye on, whether that's an Edric Houston, whether that's a Dylan Stewart, whether that's um, back on the offensive side, a Brandon Baker. Like This momentum is real.
2: For sure, and I think the cool thing about you know a commitment like Aaron Scott is you know yes it's an in state commitment but this is a guy that you know anyone would want you know based on his rankings and you know those kind of status you know four star status if you will Um, but for me I look at kind of you know kind of the shockwaves around those kinds of commitments right like you look at social media and obviously kids and recruits are active on social media but there's there seems to be an uptick for me uh, just when I look at like even the amount of shares the retweets the comments and you know yada yada that go on with these commitments but. Aaron Scott puts out his commitment and obviously it was a fun one to, you know, fun one to kind of watch me. I I mean, for me, I'm like, I'm 30 years old. I'm watching a, you know, a 17 year old kid commit to the school of his choice. And, you know, I really, I I feel like myself, I'm like, I really shouldn't be this invested in it. But like, I watch him, you know, take Ohio state's backpack, put it behind him. And then I watch him take Michigan's hat, put it behind him, but then hold up the bag. And I'm like, This kid, really, and then and then you kind of knew you 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 just kind of knew something was going to happen. Like I I was reading comments about you know watching pull a Michigan you know thing out of an Ohio State bag or watching pull an Ohio State thing out of a Michigan bag, and of course that's you know that's what happens. But
1: why else do you have bags? You just (laughs) go with hats. You don't have a bag on your table unless you're pulling something. Right.
2: I mean, and the hat science told you, and you said this too, so Mm -hmm. credit to you. The hat science told you if Michigan's hat is in the middle, you're done. And you know, I kind of looked at that and I'm like, now you know we we. Got a chance here. Uh but again, you know, all all comments aside from that, you just look at the reaction that Aaron Scott's commitment gets and and you touched on it, you know, Bryce West is a huge reason why, you know, Aaron Scott is committed to Ohio State. The two of them being a you know a duo tandem, you know, on the corner sides, you know, playing across from each other. Um, that, that's big, you know, and that's something that these guys, you know, might not come in day one and start. And, you know, that's, I mean, honestly at Ohio state with the depth that they have right now in the corner spot, which is, you know, the best it's been since Kerry Coombs is at the helm of that position. Um, it, it's not expected, but when you think of the depth that they have and the real depth that they have, I mean, with the amount of talent that is in that room right now, that's something that is going to help this defense get back to where they need to be. And we all, and we all know it, they need to get back to where they need to be. And you touched on it. When you see these kinds of commitments, it can send a little bit of a shockwave to the other commit, or the other targets, if you will, that hey, you know, Ohio State's got something going on. You know, we want to join the fold, and, and sometimes that happens in these, you know, these recruits and these commitments. You know, they go in waves, and sometimes, you know, when you see a big one pop like this, others come to soon follow as well, too. So, that, I know that's what the staff is hoping for. Obviously, I know that's what the recruits themselves are hoping for. that are already in this twenty twenty four class, and you know, of course, the fans, you know, they're hoping for that as well, too.
1: You have seen? I, I, correct me if I'm wrong. Have you seen? Aaron Scott in person at other camps or seven on seven stuff.
2: I've seen him at one. Um, I've only seen him at one. It was a camp in Ohio and he, he's, he's the part, you know, I mean, he's a long lengthy kid. He's not super, super tall. So it's not like one of those things where he's, He's you know, a six one. Yeah. He's not like a six, two, six, three kid. But as a corner, when you're six foot, even six, one, I mean, Six one is long for a corner. I mean, that is tall for a corner. Most of the times when you're six foot one, six foot two, those people are playing on the other side of the ball. There is receivers. Um, you know, a lot of the corners at the Division One level are you know five ten to in that six foot frame. Um, so to get a kid like Aaron Scott, that's got the long frame that he does. I mean, the height's one thing, but when I look at him, it's the, it's the arm length, right? I mean, he's going to be able to jam guys at the line, but he's also really good with his feet. Um, you know, really good at flipping his hips and running with receivers. So I'm excited to watch that. Um, the last time I saw him was a year and a half ago. So he's definitely improved even since then. Um, but I'm excited to watch his senior year. I mean, Bryce West, him on the outside. I mean, those guys, you know, at, at Glenville and and at Springfield, they're going to make deep runs in, in the state playoffs for Ohio. And you know, it's it's going to be cool to watch. I mean, for me, I you know, I'm obviously in Michigan, but I, I like to keep up on that kind of stuff with Ohio high school football, and especially you know the Ohio State commits and you know and seeing how they're progressing. And you know, for those guys, they're going to be again, they they should be going uh, deep into the season with playoff runs. So I'm hopeful I get to watch them, you know, more than just a couple times, whether it be you know just basic film or their highlights. But also, I think there's you know. Potential where some of those games can get televised too.
1: Well, let's talk about some of the guys who Ohio State is hoping will ride this wave of momentum and join the 2024 class. Currently, Ohio State is number two in the country in terms of the 2024 football team rankings, but I will say Georgia, who is number one, has 26 commits. Ohio State, who is number two, has 19. Ohio State actually has a higher per player average. Than Georgia just has seven fewer prospects in their class they actually have Ohio State has fewer than number three Florida number four Michigan number five Penn State number six Florida State number seven Notre Dame they are actually the next group uh the next class that uh is in that same range is number eight Tennessee who also has nine 19 commits but is 30 points behind Ohio State so that just shows you how dominant of a class they are that they are able to be number two in the country but having anywhere from two to seven fewer kids in their class but the guys who they were looking at coming up with some commitment dates here pretty soon the next one actually happening on this Saturday is I guess he's technically an athlete but he's going to probably play defensive back at some sort he's the number seven player in the country comes from Buford Georgia is KJ Bolden he's a guy who I think Ohio state had a little bit more anticipation of potentially being in the mix for earlier on. But right now I think most people consider him to be a a Georgia guy going to stay close to home. Maybe Florida state as as a, as a dark horse, but Ohio state, a distant third. You haven't heard anything different
2: than, than that on KJ. Have you? Uh, The only things that I've, that I've read on KJ Bolden are, are, you know, Georgia's in it. And then there's Ohio state, there's Alabama. And like you said, Florida state. And a lot of people don't give Ohio state credit enough Um, for what Ohio State's been able to do with K.J. Bolden. Again, that not that might not mean that he commits to the Buckeyes, um, but I don't think people are giving Ohio State credit enough for what this staff has done. You know, and sometimes, you know, obviously, you know, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. But this is a recruit that is in Georgia for a reason, right? I mean, like he's from Buford, Georgia, one of the perennial powers down in Georgia, um, one of the better programs in the state for football down there in high school. Um, and, And, you know, this is this should be an easy win for you know, for the Bulldogs there. I mean, you're back to back national champs and we can compliment them more, but I'd rather not. Um, But, you know, it's one of those things that Ohio state is definitely in the mix here. And, you know, if he does pick Georgia, it probably isn't a surprise to anyone, but, you know, I think Ohio state still has a chance here. Um, And it's not just a puncher's chance, you know, they're, they're a legitimate chance. And I, the one person I trust more than anyone in this, in this recruiting field is Jeremy Birmingham. And he has said, Time and time again, that don't count out the Buckeyes. That doesn't mean that they're going to win this commitment, but not to count them out. And there's been people that have told him, sources close to him that have said, you know, it's it's fifty-one forty-nine in favor of the buckeyes right now. Um, and that that might have changed, you know, and that very well could have changed. But, you know, again, KJ Bolton's one that if if you get him, he is, you know, take it to the bank. This is one of those guys that he makes or breaks a class, if you will. And if Ohio State gets him, it's just a cherry on top. if they don't, you know, there are some other prospects, that, you know, at the safety position they can still go with. Um, but again, this would kind of be a, you know, just an incredible and insane haul if they were able to get KJ Bolden. I personally don't think it's going to happen. I do think he'll commit to Georgia when he does commit in a few short days. Um, and, and even though that will be disappointing, Ohio State uh, people need to remember that this is still a very solid class with, you know, several options on the defensive side of the ball that would be excited about.
1: The One thing that is kind of interesting about this is that he visited Ohio State on June 16th, along with one of his high school teammates, Edric Houston, who is set to commit on August 22nd, just a couple weeks after KJ does. Edric is the number 22 player in the country. He is a defensive lineman, number four defensive lineman in the country. All of the predictions, all of the crystal balls, and they aren't a ton. There's only two crystal balls right now, but they all point to Ohio State. They all say Ohio State. That includes... Steve Wiltfong and Bill Kerlick, two of the most trusted guys that you could possibly get. One coming from before Edrick's trip to Columbus, one coming after. Over at On3, their recruiting prediction machine has Ohio State at an 88.1% chance to get this commitment. That would be another huge get for Larry Johnson to go along with Justin Scott on the defensive line. Again, though, like you said, you don't know what could happen with K.J. Bolden. Like These two guys could push each other one way or the other. I don't think anyone's suggesting that they're a package deal by any means, but they're both kind of looking at the same schools. They're both looking at Alabama, both looking at Ohio State, both looking at Georgia, both looking at Clemson. Like, who knows? Things seem to be looking really good for Ohio State with Edric Houston, and maybe he sways KJ one way, or maybe in you know a darker timeline, KJ pushes Edric the other way uh, to Georgia or somewhere else.
2: I do think this one is probably in Edrick's case. I do think this is the defensive line commit that Ohio state gets next. And, and this is the one I'm, I'm more confident. in. if you will, I know we're going to talk about another uh, defensive end prospect coming up, but this is the one I feel the best about at the moment. And that might sound weird again, because he is an sec country guy. He's, you know, same school, like you said, in Buford, um, you know, where the bulldogs are trying to get him, uh the Alabama road, the crimson tide are trying to get him. I mean, all the Southern schools are really doing their best to try and get Edrick. But the thing that I like, the most about this recruitment is he's not one that is very vocal. It's kind of just even keeled, if you will. And, 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 there's some kids that, you know, and again, I'm not trying to, you know, poke fun at the kids that, you know, really go through the process and enjoy the social media antics. That's, you know, each kid has their style and you only get one run at this and you're only 17 once. So I mean, you might as well enjoy it. But one thing that I respect from Edric is he's pretty solid. He's even keeled, like I said, and he's kind of going through the process and not making it a huge deal. So I do think Ohio state is in a good spot here and they need to be right. I mean, Ohio State and Larry Johnson last year in the 2023 class, they had three guys that they really felt good about. You didn't think they were getting all three, but you certainly thought they would get one and possibly two. They didn't get any of the three. And those three guys are at different programs right now, and they will be bona fide starters, you know, very, very soon, if not this year. So Larry Johnson has to make up for last year at the edge rusher position. Justin Scott, a defensive, you know, defensive tackle is a huge get. I mean, a five-star you know, target that they really, really wanted and probably didn't think they were going to get, you know, ends up committing to them. And that's a huge, huge advantage for Ohio State. But the edge rusher position right now is going to have some serious turnover after this year. So they really need to stockpile, you know, as many guys as they can. Um, And and with that position alone, you you need elite talent. You need those five-star guys, those high four-star guys that will come in and make a difference right away um, because that's a project position. If you're one of those guys that's super talented, you can go in. You know, and kind of make your hey, you know, with if you will, right off the bat. But if you're not, um, you know, it's it's hard. It's not as hard as the offensive line, if you will, um, you know, where it takes, you know, one, two, and maybe sometimes even three years to see the field. But we need these guys uh in this class right away because of the fact that, like I said, there's some turnover coming. But I do feel good about Edrick. And, you know, if, again, if Ohio State is able to land him and you know, pluck him out of SEC country, that's a massive get to go along with Justin Scott.
1: The other guy that you mentioned who could join this class, who is an edge rusher, is Dylan Stewart. He is a five-star, the number 10 player in the country, the number two edge rusher. He comes from Friendship Collegiate Academy in Washington, D.C., which has been one of the primary recruiting battlegrounds for Larry Johnson throughout his career, even before he was at Ohio State. He currently has three crystal balls to Ohio State from Steve Wiltfong, 24-7 Sports Director of Football Recruiting, Brian Doan, 24-7 Sports National Recruiting Anist- Analyst, and Bill Curlick, the Ohio State Dean of Recruiting. All three of them came on the same day, within less than an hour of each other, on July 2nd. Recruiting uh, prediction machine from on three also has Ohio State at a 51.5% chance, but he's been at South Carolina a lot lately, including this past weekend. He was there for um, an official visit, also back in June, and there's a lot of smoke coming out of uh, of South Carolina that he could end up there. No one's changed their predictions yet from twenty four seven, so it looks like their indication, their intel, is still pointing towards the Buckeyes. But this is going to be one of those who won't have necessarily the perilous, nervous energy of Aaron Scott because. Stewart is not a, an Ohio native, so it's not the exact same of him not picking Ohio State and going to Michigan if he is a kid from D.C. and ends up going to, to South Carolina. But like this is a guy that Ohio State fans thought was in the bag and now a school like South Carolina who is an SEC school and Ohio State has never beaten them. They've lost to them in bowl games multiple times, so I'm not putting them down Correct. in that perspective. But it's one thing to lose a, lose a player like Dylan Stewart to Georgia, to Alabama, to USC, to Clemson, but to South Carolina, like, that just that just feels weird, and that just feels wrong, Caleb.
2: No, it does for sure. And, and like you said, I mean, this is one of the hotbed territories for Larry Johnson. I mean, the DMV is kind of his bread and butter, if you will. So to lose a kid to South Carolina, um, again, I, I don't want to poke fun at opposing fan bases, but when you think of edge rushers, you think of defensive line, typically with Ohio State, you would think that's better than South Carolina. The development track there, the amount of guys that have gone to the NFL – Obviously, Jadavion Clowney back in the day was one that you can certainly, you know, give you know props to South Carolina for. But overall, as a whole, as a unit, you know, I kind of look at the Buckeyes and their development track a little bit more successful um, than South Carolina. And I, I could be wrong on that, but um, and those might be scarlet colored glasses. But I do think with how many guys recently that are, you know, in the NFL thanks to Larry Johnson's tutelage, I, I think that bodes well for the Buckeyes. Um, for me. I kind of look at one of these things, and I think, and I could be off on this, but I think Dylan Stewart being at Ohio State multiple times, he knows what he's going to get from the Buckeyes. He's probably has a good enough relationship with Larry Johnson and he knows what he's going to get at Ohio State if he does choose to become a Buckeye. I think the return trips to South Carolina, one, uh, proximity to home, it's not super hard to get to. I mean, it's not a, obviously an easy poke down the road, but it's not super hard to get to. Um, and I also think, you know, he's probably weighing his options with South Carolina, thinking of, you know, the NIL track. You know, he probably already knows what he's got from Ohio State because it sounds to me, um, nowadays, like Ohio State, really does have the NIL things figured out. Uh, to the fact that you know they they're able to give numbers and to guys that they're really going after, and and kind of give them a package deal, if you will, in terms of what they're going to be able to offer them, and you know what they're going to be able to do once they're you know committed to Ohio State and players for the Buckeyes. Uh, South Carolina might be different; they might still be trying to you know give them a best offer type of thing. And I think these return trips for Dylan Stewart um, to South Carolina, the Gamecocks, is kind of you know, maybe one of those deals. In my humble opinion, I think Ohio State will win out in the end. Again, that might be just my bias, but I think if Ohio State is able to close with a defensive line group of – Dylan Stewart, Edric Houston, and Justin Scott—you absolutely just laugh your way to the bank. That is absolutely incredible. That's three five-star guys um, that can come in and, and not only contribute right away, but can be real difference makers. You know, within the first you know 24 months of their time, you know, on campus. I mean, these are guys that can start maybe you know year two as early as that, um, and, and maybe even see reps at year one. Um, so for me, I look at these three guys. If you're able to get all three of them. That's huge. You've got one in the fold already. You have to get at least one of the two edge rushers, and if you don't, um, in my opinion, that's a disappointment, um, just like twenty twenty three was. So hopefully that doesn't happen, and you know hopefully we're making up for lost time. We're able to land all three. Um, you know, unlike we did last year.
1: Let's run through some of these other guys who are top 100 or 100-ish guys. That still have a legitimate chance of becoming Buckeyes. I'm just going to run through them really quickly and kind of talk about them. If you have any thoughts on any of them, feel free to jump in. But the first one is an offensive tackle from uh, modern day out in California, Brandon Baker. He's in. A, he's the number 21 player in the country, the number one offensive tackle. He's got interest from everyone. Uh, The main schools that he is still talking to are Georgia, Ohio State, Texas, Miami, and Oregon. He has been to Columbus multiple times. He doesn't have an announcement date set, but the consensus thought is that it's going to come down to Ohio State or Oregon. Ohio State's been really wanting to get into modern day really bad, and they've done really well with some of the recruits there, but haven't really landed as many guys as they maybe thought they could, often losing out to schools on the West Coast, whether that is, USC have lost out to guys to Oregon as well, not necessarily just from modern day, but from that part of the country. So landing an offensive tackle like him, especially at a time when, you know, the offensive tackles at Ohio State are a little shoddy right now. I don't know that we know exactly who's going to be the the right tackle and don't know if there's a whole lot of depth there with guys like Zen Mahalski and Tegertishabola, whether or not they're going to be able to step up so getting a five-star guy in there starting either in January or in June of next year could really help so he was one to watch out for again no commitment date set another guy who is uh, very highly ranked a five-star player number 24 player in the country the number three cornerback in the country Ohio State would like to get four cornerbacks in this class if they possibly can if the right guys are there so joining Miles Lockhart Aaron Scott and Bryce West could be Kobe Black out of Waco, Texas. He had a really good visit in June. He's planning on coming back in October. Yep, Bryce that West. That would be nice. It would be really nice to see that. Then there's a safety from Chaminade Madonna Prep down in Hollywood, Florida, named Zquan Patterson. He's the number 76 player in the country, the number three safety. He's uh, got Ohio State, Michigan, Miami, Florida State, Auburn in there. I saw earlier, or maybe over the weekend, that Bill Curlick thinks he's a legitimate, a legitimate target for the Buckeyes. So definitely could see him coming up this fall and, and could be an interesting one. And the last one here, Caleb, that I want to get into is because I know you have some thoughts on what's going on with Jeremiah McClellan, who is a four-star wide receiver out of Christian Brothers College, which Ohio State has a lot of experience with. He's the number 108 player in the country. Of course, we talked earlier about the five-star wide receivers already in this class. Ohio State wants to have a third wide receiver. And there is a lot of rumors and everything with Jeremiah Smith potentially flipping. He has been down to have some other visits in, in Florida where he is from. Who knows what could happen, but I think it would be crazy to leave a Ryan day and Brian Hartline coached offense, but that's just me. But what are you, what are your thoughts on Jeremiah McClellan? Ohio state is still offering wide receivers in this range in the 100 ish range, despite the fact that it's really down to them in Oregon in terms of like the warmth and all of the predictions are for Ohio state, but maybe there's been some changes in that, in that arena.
2: Yeah, when you look at Jeremiah Smith, I'll go back to him and touch on him first. Um, I think you're dead on there. I mean, it is, it's is—it's one of those things that's been a little bit concerning for fans. I mean, anytime you've got that player that highly ranked, you're going to be a little bit on, on pins and needles, just making sure that he's a guy that you keep in the fold. Um, and he's said multiple times that if Ryan Day and Brian Hartline are at Ohio State when I'm ready to sign – I will be an Ohio State Buckeye. So it's hard to take a 17-year-old kid at his word, especially when he's from that portion of the country. Um, we've seen that kind of thing go down before where, you know, that 305 Miami connection to Ohio State is, you know, sometimes dead on. And then sometimes, you know, they're they flip then, you know, flip on signing day type of deal. I do think, you know, Ohio State will win out with Jeremiah Smith just because of how well they've done with the receiver position overall under Brian Hartline. And I don't think Smith is one that Hartline's gonna let it. Get away, in my opinion. Uh, Jeremiah McClellan, on the other hand, this is a guy that I thought was a done deal. You know, maybe even as early as the beginning of the summer, I thought this was an absolute no-brainer, and he was going to go through the process. But you know, at the end of the day, he was going to be an Ohio State Buckeye. Um, for me. I kind of look at it as, you know, Cam Brown is from that school, Cameron Babb is from that school. This is a school that Ohio mm-hmm. State like you said has a ton of experience with and they're able to go in every year it seems like and find another dude, um, whether regardless of what position it is, but they're able to find another athlete at Christian Brothers College like you said in St. Louis. Uh, missouri that they know that they like and that's one of those things where it's good to have those pipeline schools in ohio but it's even better sometimes to have those pipeline schools nationally as well too um, to keep them away from the competition Um, like you said this is a battle that seems to be down to oregon and ohio state Um, And I have been reading and I have been rumored to see several things with Jeremiah McClellan that Oregon is really, really trying to make him a top priority receiver and make him the guy in terms of the NIL deals. Ohio State has been rumored to actually show him what their plan is for him, NIL wise and recruiting wise. And, you know, they're not going to up the bid just because of the fact that they do have, you know, two other five star guys already in the fold. So this could be one of those things where, you know, if Jeremiah McClellan wants to go the NIL route, then Oregon's probably the best bet. If he wants to be, you know, in my opinion, trained by the best, and I don't know if that's That's really a debate right now, but Brian Hartline is the best receivers coach in the game. If he wants to be developed by, you know, in my opinion, the best in the game, then he'll come to Ohio state. So it's a little iffy right now where he will go. Um, And, we saw an offer go out, you know, as early as yesterday, too, or as late as yesterday, I mean, um, to a St. Thomas Aquinas kid that we can also touch on. So does that show that maybe Ohio State doesn't feel real great about their chance with Jeremiah? Maybe. Um, but it also could show him that, hey, you know, if you don't go here, that's fine. We're going to move on to the next person. And maybe that'll kind of you know, tell Jeremiah, well, you know, if I really want my spot in Ohio State's class, I need to do it now, because if I don't, you know, they're going to go after other guys as well, too. Yeah,
1: that other player that we mentioned is Chance Robinson. He's actually a Miami commit. He's the number 151 player in the country from St. Thomas Aquinas. Again, another one of those South Florida pipeline schools that Ohio State has a ton of experience with. And of course, Brian Hartline played many, many years for the Miami Dolphins. So he knows people in that area as well. Don't know what that's all about, whether or not he has any interest in flipping from Miami or not, but certainly something to keep an eye on. Now, the last thing I do want to hit here, Caleb, is Aaron Scott wasn't the only commit that Ohio State got over the weekend. On Friday at uh, Summerfest, the big cookout recruiting event at the Horseshoe, we got word of a commitment that I didn't think anybody was anticipating, although he did have a crystal ball from Bill Curlick dating back to last November. But Chris Henry Jr. has committed to Ohio State. He is in the class of 2026, so he's a long way away from becoming a Buckeye, but he is already 6'5", 185 pounds. Of course, Chris Henry Jr., he is the son of the late NFL star Chris Henry. He is also the adopted son of Adam Pacman Jones. Obviously tons of talent, a huge physical frame. I don't know how much bigger he can get. Is he going to be six six, six seven? Is he going to stay at six five? Who knows? I think this is another guy you've seen in person, isn't it, Caleb?
2: So I have not seen Chris Henry in person yet. I I hope I I hope to God I get to. Um, as a Bengals fan, and I have no yeah. shame in saying that this is really cool. Um, I, I can remember when you know, unfortunately, his dad tragically passed away, and um, Bengals fans, you know, obviously, you know, you take you take anything in athletics, you know, kind of hard. But I know Bengals fans, this is something that. Um, for me, for me personally, you know, when I saw Chris Henry Jr.'s, you know, obviously him, Chris Henry's son, you know, was starting to come up and, you know, play like him, play the same position as him, if you will. It's it's just cool, you know, and it's kind of like it, it, for it might be cliche to salience, but it, it's almost like his dad lives on through him. So it's just really cool. Um, you know, obviously, when he kind of came on the scene a couple of months ago, he had made several trips to Ohio State, you know, within with I me, mean, shoot, within the first couple of months of his high school career. Um, and it was just one of those things where, again, you're like you know how blessed is ohio state obviously they've got the number 1 you know receivers coach in the country like we just mentioned but now you've got receivers within your state that are Going to be, you know, nationally ranked and probably, you know, among the top two or three best in the country, you know, when all is said and done for the 2026 class. And you've got him right here in Cincinnati. So seeing him come to Ohio State several times over the summer um, and even making trips, you know, this past spring, it was kind of one of those things that was like, you know, I think eventually he'll be a Buckeye. I did not expect him to, you know, kind of shut it down right away. But this is one that, you know, even though it's an early recruitment, I mean, we just saw, you know, Jontae Gilbert decommit, you know, this, this past week from Georgia and he was a 2025 commit, the original, you know, first member of that 2025 class. But, you know, sometimes when you look at these commitments this early on, you're like, oh man, gee, I hope that one sticks. This one I don't worry about at all. Once again, because Brian Hartline's at Ohio state. And if he stays at Ohio state, I see this one as being one of those things where, you know, this is a lot to put on a kid, but when he's got the tutelage that he already does, when he has the lineage that he does and you're seeing him already take reps against Bryce West, you know, Aaron Scott, I watched, you know, film against him going against both of those guys. And he had his fair share of wins in reps. So, you know, as only a high school freshman, you're going against some of the top players in the country that are going to be seniors. That's pretty darn impressive to me. So uh, when I look at this kid overall, Incredible get super, you know, super excited for, you know, Ohio state being able to, you know, stay, stay in state and, you know, pull these guys, you know, to their program right away. Uh, But the coolest part for me is just, is, is thinking about what this kid can be. And again, I don't want to put too much on him, but when I see that kind of a frame, those are the kinds of things you're like. This kid is going to be a special deep threat. Not only does he, you know, run really good routes right now, but the the deep threat and the speed that he has, he is able to track the ball really well. So, I mean, Ohio State quarterbacks are, you know, obviously going to be very, very, very blessed with receivers on the outside for years to come. And, and this is just the next in line. So really, really cool recruitment.
1: Is he a better freak of an athlete than Ellie De La Cruz?
2: Whew, that, that one's tough that, that one is tough I would love <laughs> to see Ellie de la Cruz run around I I, I can see him hit a, a baseball 500 feet uh, which that is not a joke I mean that guy is absolutely Amazing. unbelievable but um, yeah, that's a, that's a story for another time. This, this recruitment with Chris Henry Jr. is just really, really cool. And again, not to put too much on him, but when you see that kind of frame, you're just thinking, you know, the sky's the limit for this kid. And I do think he's going to be that good, considering as a high school freshman already, he's taken, like I said, reps against some of the best corners in the in the country and, and you know, and and having his fair share of wins. There's plenty of film out there, if you search it, that shows him. And he's, you know, not only looking the part, but he's, he's definitely, you know, dominating out there. So very fun to watch. And I can think of Brian Hartline right now, if I'm excited, I can only imagine how he's feeling.
1: All right, Campbell, let's wrap up there. If you are just finding us on the website, LandGrantHolyLand.com, make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else. Stitcher's going away at the end of the month, apparently, so don't really subscribe there. Find us somewhere else. You can follow us on Twitter, X, whatever we're calling it these days. Uh, We haven't gotten much into uh, the tweeting about the podcasts yet. We will as the football season gets started at LandGrantPods. You can follow me on whatever social media platforms. I've got more new social media platforms that I know how to use At BWW Matt Caleb, where can people find you? Are you really on X, Twitter, whatever we're calling it now these days anymore?
2: (laughs) I'm still on it. I mean, I think I probably annoy people with. My Reds or Bengals tweets um, so no, I apologize no, to the non Cincinnati fans but I'm just a passionate fan that you know sees two franchises that are you know on the upswing and you know as a 30 year old when I've watched these teams you know advance in the postseason literally on the count of you know four fingers in my lifetime uh, you know when I, when I see this I'm just a little bit passionate but you can follow me on X Twitter whatever in the world Elon's trying to call it these days at Caleb Hauser 9 um, like I said I'd be happy to talk with anyone recruiting wise and obviously our you know our articles that I put out you know weekly are published there as well too so hopefully people are reading and if they need anything else talk wise recruiting i'm always down to chat
1: all right man i appreciate you uh talking about this glad we had an opportunity to discuss something good for uh for ohio state recruiting and uh enjoy this last week of semi-quietness before the uh the the rush of your season starts and ohio state season for that matter too
2: absolutely the calm before the storm I'm, I'm i'm getting ready for it though i'm pretty excited but is your wife excited she she's a trooper, man. I, I will be honest with you. She she doesn't say much in terms of in terms of like, oh, you need to be home more, or blah blah blah. But I mean, th- yesterday when I walked in the house, she had a floor mat out by the front door that says Faith Family Football. So I think she gets it. She gets she's it. she's one of the good ones that, that understands and lets me do my thing. So I, I can't thank her enough. She's she's the best in the game. Awesome, man.
1: Well, uh, thank her for me for letting you uh, do this podcast, and I'm sure we'll check back in soon.
2: Absolutely, go Bucks.